When I came to Unitarian Universalism nearly 13 years ago, I had a lot of questions. Raised Catholic, I drifted away from organized religion in my 20s, and it wasn't until the birth of my youngest that I felt the lure back to church. I was in a really low place at that time, and I needed something, something I thought that religion might satisfy. I remember sitting in the pews that first Sunday at the First Universalist Church of Essex, imperfectly trying to find my way through the service, looking for the hymns, not sure when to sing, when to rise, when to sit, what was going to come next. It felt different and familiar at the same time. I didn't know anything about Unitarian Universalism, about it, what it meant to be religious outside of my experience with the Catholic Church that always felt lacking to me in some way. I was searching. I was investigating what I believed, my life's purpose, and who or what or if God was. The answers to those questions never came easy. But one thing I became sure of were those people that I was coming to know and love in that little church on a hill in the center of Essex. And over time, that was everything. We have been exploring this idea of beloved community all month. And I find myself coming back around again and again to some of those same questions I had all those years ago. What is this faith we believe in? How do we live it out and where or at all is God? And certainly in the weeks like the one that has just passed where we face the unending and dehumanizing realities of police brutality against black men, alongside more mass shootings, violence, and trauma. Trying to find the answers to these questions can strain on our hearts and our minds. But here again, I find myself looking around me to the people, the places, and moments of relationship that still seem to be everything. A number of us have been participating in a workshop series centered on transgender inclusion in congregations. And the lectures have been centering relationship as a foundational feature of how we create truly inclusive spaces and practice beloved community in our lives and world. In helping us to understand what beloved community is and isn't, the workshop facilitators, Reverend Michael Slack and Zister Alex Capitan, make an important distinction between what they call the dominant paradigm, which is the world that we all inhabit all the time, and the beloved community paradigm, the one that is ahead but not yet.
And Alex Capitan explains it like this. The dominant paradigm is about things and issues. And the beloved community is about people and relationships. So let's, let's let that sink in for a minute. The dominant paradigm is about things and issues, but the beloved community is about people and relationships. So, Capitan goes on, while the dominant paradigm focuses on issues like racism, transphobia, homophobia, all deeply important to be sure, the beloved community, Z says, it's all about how do we actually get to know each other? How do we actually work for liberation for ourselves and each other? How do we get back into right relationship? So the issues are important, yes, but the beloved community asks us to go deeper. How do we actually get to know each other? All of these issues that we care about, they are more than just theories, ideologies, and causes. Behind all of these things are real, living, breathing people and a wider world that are impacted by our being out of relationship. Like walking into the little UU church so many years ago, attending seminary became a moment, another moment in my life where I started to feel a shift toward a different paradigm. Every morning I would leave my predominantly white suburban community, my liberal, friendly, and progressive church, and move into spaces with people with theologies and cultures and ways of experiencing the world that were new to me. I learned very early on to check my assumptions, my preconceived notions, really my certainty about anything at all at the door, and open to the endless and myriad ways that people experienced and understood their world and experiencing the world through the lens of these people that I was building relationships with was on the one hand destabilizing, but on the other grounded me in love and purpose. Like those early days in the Essex pews, it was different but familiar at the same time. These moments of connection across difference remain some of the richest and most opening moments of my life. My long-held and furiously fought-for assumptions and beliefs about how the world works, about faith and justice, began to crack in the loving witness of people different than me. And slowly over time, what I had believed about the world began to change too. I was shaped and reshaped by these relationships. So what does it mean to be in relationship? I don't know that we are always talking about the same thing when we talk about being in relationship. Does it mean that we all get along? Does it mean that we are social and have lots of friends? 
Does it mean we move in the same direction, share the same vision, think the same way? Certainly for me, for most of my life, it has meant all those things, and to be honest, it still does to a certain extent. But the unique opportunity that is Unitarian Universalism is our diversity of belief, our practice of being amongst others who may not understand the world the same way we do. I remember looking around when I first started going to the Essex Church at all these people beside me in the pews and thinking, what do they believe? In the Catholic Church I knew, but here I had to wonder. But that wondering, slowly over time, turned into the foundation of love that was built amongst the people around me. And just like I would find years later in seminary, I would come to know their beliefs, and they mine, and together we would live amidst these differences and shape each other. We would shape each other. Now I admit, I talk a good game here. This stuff is hard, this living in relationship. While I have been open and moved by them, I have also been hurt, I have been disappointed, and continue to make so many mistakes. Living together in community in the ways that we are talking about is deeply challenging and fraught. Community can be full of conflict. It can exclude, it can oppress and stretch us beyond the limits of our imagining. Alex Capitan says, there's nothing easy about practicing beloved community. When we avoid conflict to get along, we're not practicing it because beloved community exists when we trust each other. We have the strong enough relationships to actually disagree, to be in conflict and even risk hurting each other, but stay. That's practicing beloved community. And in our staying, we come to feel the ways that our liberation and our wholeness is bound up with each other's. It is collective. The systems of oppression and exclusion around us, they hurt us all because they take us out of relationship. And in this way, we can never be truly whole. Amidst all the challenge, the discomfort, and struggle of relationship, it is also the thing that saves us. And here it does bear noting that when we're talking about relationship, I think we need to expand it a bit because it isn't just about people, which may come as a blessing to the introverts among us. The reality is we are in relationship with everything around us all of the time. The sky above our heads, the grass growing in the field, the air that moves in and out of our lungs. The earth is in constant relationship. Tectonic plates moving toward each other, pushing mountains out of the ground. Ecosystems teeming with life in relationships of mutual support and nurturance. We are never out of relationship, really. We just forget 
and at times turn away. And what relationships have taught me is that this turning away, this forgetting, it disconnects us from that awesome experience of spiritual wholeness, the experience of the holy in our midst that shows up when we open and connect ourselves to the world. You all know that feeling, right? Sitting in front of the ocean, the sky so big above, the water vast and unending, and this feeling for a moment in your smallness that you are somehow part of it all. Or spending time with a friend who is sharing from the depths and that palpable sense of love drawing your hearts together. This coming alive in the company of another does so often feel, like Mark Nepo said, like the divine breathing on the embers of one's soul. As a chaplain, I would often encounter people who were wrestling with their own understanding of God in the midst of great suffering. And they would ask me how a loving God would let this happen to them. And I struggled to answer time and again. And I could only say, I don't know. But I do know that I feel closest to God in moments like these, sitting across from another person, something holy stirring in the space in between, some connection, some witness, some act of love that I can't describe, but I know that if I lean into it, I feel better. This church is certainly a community engaged in these spiritual practices of relationship. As Josh Goulet reminded us last week, our community ministries, the ways we build and stay in relationship with our wider world through the use of our building, our food ministries, and deep interfaith relationships are powerful. We show up for each other. Other areas of church life like Soup Sunday, Play Church, the Reflections and Chalice Circle groups. At this very moment, our children are downstairs practicing relationship by making sandwiches for our unhoused neighbors in the drop-in center. All of these strengthen the bonds between us so the spirit can move. So I wonder what this looks like to each of you from where you are sitting this morning, finding your own ways through faith community. How are you engaging in this practice? How have your beliefs about the world been shaped and changed by those sitting next to you in the pews? Where are you opening and leaning in? Where are you staying? I encourage us in the time ahead to bring our awareness to and deepen these relational practices, to remember that they are spiritual ones. They are the practices of our faith, to notice how it feels when we open ourselves to being in relationship, the 
way the air feels touching our face as it comes in off a windswept coastline, the feeling of love that moves between us in our conversations with a beloved, pushing through our discomfort to reach across difference, past issues and things, to build and deepen our connection to the world around us. And as we do this, may these relationships, these humble practices of love, witness, and trust shape us in new and deeper ways. May they shape our beliefs about the world, the way we show up in our church spaces, and how we fight for justice and liberation in our world. May they breathe holy currents onto our souls, igniting our passion, our purpose, and our knowing that we are never out of relationship with this great mystery of life we share in. These days, I can mostly find my way through the hymnal. I know when to lift my voice and when to rest, but I still have those questions I carried with me into church all those years ago. What I believe about faith, justice, and church is still and probably always will be in process. I don't know what the ultimate solutions are to how to bring about peace in this world. And I still wonder at the mystery of who or what or if God is. But the one thing I am sure of is us. Because at the end of all our spiritual wrestling, our discomfort and our questions, the answer is always each other. Amen. May it be so.